Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Here on the President's Day edition of the podcast is our good friend, Michael Barone, of the Almanac of American Politics and the Washington Examiner. Mike, how's it going? Hey, it's very good to be with the rich, powerful, and famous Michael Graham. <laughs> I was going to say one out of three ain't bad, but actually I can't even think of one. There. Yeah, uh, I, yeah so, we should add an end to the famous in my work. So before we talk about the uh, brilliance that was President Millard Fillmore, who's got to be topping the list of presidential uh, uh Bar- Barack the Obama. Of Buffalo. Yes, exactly. Barack Obama in the sixth year, how, who are there any other presidents who were in similar positions where they had a key policy that was collapsing beneath their feet and taking their party down with them. Has this, has this happened in the past that you can tell? Well, of? I think uh, a lot of Democrats would say, and I think they may very well be right, that this is George W. Bush in Iraq. Ah, An ambitious okay. policy that uh, was uh, entered onto with great hopes, that was not attended to with sufficient uh, care and willingness to change tactics and at this point in 2006 things look pretty bad therefore the president and the carl rove and i were late to pick up on it for his right. party and of course the uh, democrats took uh the house and senate and it was a, a setback and it changed the trajectory of government growth and spending out of washington dc that started right after 2007 you can see the numbers it's pretty scary well that's right and we raised the minimum wage so we don't have any poor people anymore <laughs> i'm glad they did that income inequality is gone i'm glad to hear Every that time from you raise the minimum wage michael barone um so uh you have 2006 is a good comparison what about President Obama announcing, I've got a pen and I've got a phone, in essence, I can work my way around Congress. Is that analogous to any other previous presidents? Well, you know, uh, the Democrats will say Bush did that to some extent. There's some extent that's true. You've got, uh, you know, a number of presidents have used the power of regulation, Bill Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan. Um, I think that very few others have stretched uh, it as far as uh, President Obama has with his uh, 27 rewritings or some such number of the right. Obamacare legislation is, you know, own pet uh, thing that he still takes pride in the in the label Obamacare, as he said in an interview the other day. Um, you know, it's pretty astonishing. And I think, um, you know, I think it's clearly illegal to do things like the law says that people are supposed to pay taxes, um, you know, the employer mandate, right. as Chief Justice Roberts told us, the tax uh, after December 31st, uh, 2013, and you've got Congressman Javier Becerra, a graduate of Stanford and Stanford Law School from Los Angeles, telling us, well, it didn't mean any particular time <laughs> after, <laughs> after December 31st, 2013. Right. I wonder whether or not some corporate counsel is informing uh, management, business owners, shareholders that... Um, you know, even though the president says he's not going to collect these taxes, what's to stop him or a successor from trying to do so later? You better put in reserves wow. in cash to, to pay for the damages, you know, those taxes sure. or damages caused by the their temporary uh, non-imposition mm. uh, in order to do that. That would be a monetary loss to a firm that I think could be the basis for a lawsuit. We're talking to Michael Barone, uh, founder of the Almanac of American Politics, founder at Washington Examiner. So you're saying that if Mrs. Bill Clinton were to become president three years or four years after taking office, she could go back and say, hey, all those taxes that you got waived back in 2000, 
2013 or four, I mean 2014, you owe them now. And or I want to see him. The Ted Cruz IRS, the right. Ted Cruz administration, <laughs> could say we have no choice but to enforce right. this law and so forth. Congress can pass something retroactively repealing it, but right now we've got to enforce it, and you guys need to pay up. Let's see the cash, buddies. Uh, let me. Ask, so, so that's a a, a take on the twisting that Obamacare has done. Obama has done. We were talking to Professor Bob Allison of Suffolk University earlier, and. He made the point that there are often times that presidents have been given laws that they didn't like and didn't want to enforce, but they put their the Constitution and their duty as president ahead. The, one of the examples he gave was Andrew Jackson, who didn't like the tariff laws, but uh, he was prepared to send the military to South Carolina if he had to to enforce them. Are there any other examples that occur to you, Michael? Oh, Brown? there are numerous examples of presidents enforcing laws that they don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, before the Bush tax cuts were instituted, George W. Bush was imposing 39.6% marginal tax rates on high earners. Sure. Um, he waited till Congress waived that. He didn't say, you know, actually, right. it would really be much more practical and good for the American economy to just tax them at 35%. Uh, so the IRS, we're going to just announce, we're going to send out a blog post um, on Friday afternoon before a holiday weekend. <laughs> Saying that uh, <laughs> that uh, we're, they're not, you don't really have to pay taxes over thirty five percent, you know, right. um, we'll, we'll get some economic goose from that. I, I've got a you know, and he could add it up by saying I've got a pen and I've got a phone. But it is kind of odd. I mean, if you ask Obama supporters now, do you think the president would enforce a law I didn't agree with? They would almost well, no, he wouldn't. They they it's almost as they take it for granted. I, you know, that they expect this president to try to work around the law. And what's well, the problem isn't that, with that what community organizers do? I guess, I guess you're right. So with a president at this level, you mentioned 2006. That was a very bad, very bad year for the party in the White House. Uh, any other part, sixth years that you're thinking about historically as you look well, at where I we think, are on President's uh, Day? You know, an example that comes to mind immediately, of course, is 1938. Oh, of course, um, of course. I, was, I was about to blurt out 1938. What? No, you had the, um, you know, Ro- the, the, the Roosevelt second term mm-hmm. was in many ways highly unsuccessful because people saw the effect of the redistributionist policies of his administration. He'd gotten himself reelected. They opened right. up the money spigot. The economy was growing. Uh, people thought they were out of the Depression. But then they saw what happened. When you had high taxes on high earners, you had a loss of investment, you had a recession and an unexpectedly poorly performing economy. That right. word, une- adverb, unexpectedly, started coming into play. You had <laughs> violent uh, seizures of factories by union workers who succeeded in unionizing the uh, employees there. And, and those sit-down strikes were and are illegal seizure of property. Um, they were blessed with success. They were not popular. I mean, the Democrats lost 80 House seats, including uh, Flint, Michigan, where the first sit-down strike took place. They voted Republican. And basically, the New Deal lost its congressional majority. There were still majority Democrats, but some of them were conservative Southerners. There were Jeffersonian Democrats who didn't believe in an activist government uh, back then from all over the country. There were big city machine Democrats who didn't really believe in social democratic policies. They believed in uh, getting jobs for their friends. Sure. 
And uh, so basically for 20 years, you don't have a pro-New Deal Congress, 1938 to 58. Uh, and that was a major repudiation. If you look at the polling evidence, it's um, you know absent uh, a little thing called World War II, it's likely that the Republicans would have won the 1940 presidential election, and they would have won it on economic and domestic issues. And people, you're absolutely right. People completely forget that, which is why we love having Michael Barone from the uh, from uh, the Almanac of American Politics and uh, Washington Examiner. We really appreciate your time here on the President's Day 2014. Okay, always good to be with you, Michael. And uh, I don't remember seeing you on the 1938 campaign trail. I'm still looking, <laughs> I was not looking there. for you. Hey, did you see that, um, uh, who was it, someone did an ad for a President's Day sale, and they featured a $10 bill on it, said to celebrate President Hamilton? Well, you know, President Hamilton might have been a good idea, but, um, you know, after 1804, he wasn't available. Exactly. It would have been a great idea. Thank you so much, Michael Brown, for joining us here on this special edition of the Weekly Standard Podcast for President's Day. 2014. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.